Hello and welcome to the Women in Safety podcast, a place of conversations to empower and inspire you to transform your career. I'm your host, Alana Ball, and we're here today to cut through some of the BS of health and safety. I want to be real, authentic, and most of all, think critically about what we learn, what we hear, and how we experience things in our journey. I want you to take this time for yourself. Reconnect with your passion, reconnect with your career, and join us as we grow together. So settle in and see where this episode transforms you. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Women in Safety podcast. I'm joined by two special guests today. So what a treat to have Helen Sadgrove from all the way in the New Zealand part of the world and Kristen Street from Sydney, both representing HSE Global. Welcome, ladies. Thanks, Lana. Good to be here. It's so exciting because HSE Global is our networking sponsor for the 2023 Women in Safety Awards. And I wanted to start the conversation. We'll get to some of the the usual questions that we cover, but networking can be a little bit scary. And I know as part of the Women in Safety Awards, we've got the networking element where we're expecting people to come into the room and I guess network, I hate the word, Um but I wanted to have a conversation about what it means for you ladies and what are some of the tips and tricks for our listeners to be like, it's not a room full of really scary people. It's about connection. Um, I'll start with you, Kristen. What are your thoughts on networking and making it a success to meet new people? Yeah, look, thanks, Lana. I, it's networks, you know, I always found really challenging, to be honest, uh, as a young safety professional as well, just, you know, putting yourself out there and, you know, it was a bit scary, like you yeah. said. And then also finding the time um, because you're so busy, you've got a young family, it's where do you find the time to do that? But I think through all my years of experience doing this is that there's nothing better than networking, to be honest. Um, like you said, it creates connection. It allows you to, you know, build ideas and share ideas, um, not only within your own industry, but also, you know, outside in different industries, because I think there is something that we can all learn from each other. And I think you just need to go into it with a really open mind, um, don't have any preconceived ideas or expectations. I don't think anyone's really expecting you to give, you know, all the all the your tips and story. tricks that you, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, like sharing like-minded people in a room that obviously want to learn from each other. And I think, yeah, take it as a as a positive opportunity and experience to grow yourself. Some of the people I've met through, you know, whether it's been a formal networking event or just through the activities that I've been involved in throughout my career are some of, you know, my trusted people that I'll ring now and still bounce ideas and collaborate with on. So, yeah, that's, there's nothing better than in safety is, is that sense of collaboration and learning from other people's experiences, what worked, what didn't work. Um, yeah, so I just encourage everyone to really just put yourself out there. Don't be shy. I think women. <laughs> easier easier all, said than done. We're I all know, lovely ladies. <laughs> and, and I know there's a few introverts in our group, so it'll be interesting um, for them to listen to this because I think your point around the like-mindedness, that's what I think the power of this event is going to be is that everyone in the room is there to listen to the speakers, to celebrate the awards. So let's have that collaboration. What are your thoughts on it, Helen? 
I um, I I share similar views. I moved over to New Zealand from the UK, as you'll tell from my mm. terrible accent, in 2007. And I remember one of the very first safety events that I went to. It was at an awards evening, so very similar. Mm. And I remember grabbing my little bubbles with both hands and opening the doors. And there was just this array of people that I had never met before and just taking a deep breath and thinking, oh, this is going to be horrendous. <laughs> and it is. It is it uncomfortable is. for people. But I think. I think for me, it's not speed dating. And mm. I think the key thing is to be interested in mm. other people, not looking over their shoulder, trying to find somebody else to talk to. So You're be interested in them. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing worse, eh, when someone's talking mm. to you and you can feel them wanting to get to somebody else who's got I don't know, more to offer or something mm. and to be interesting as mm. well. Because, you know, that keeps attention. And so, you know, the I don't know if you have it over there. We have the stuff quiz on a Friday, which has got some general knowledge in and keeping up to date with current affairs just means you can talk to people about a range of things and yeah, I was thinking about putting together a couple of questions and sending it to ticket holders so that when they get in the room that there is a a, a connection point because, you know, I think it is I, people would be so surprised to probably learn that I hate it. I find nothing more daunting. I will go and stand in the corner because I find it hard. But what I don't find hard is then creating that connection. But you have to step into that connection to get the most out of it because you just don't know what that person might have to offer. Um, so I agree. It Even for someone who is an extrovert, who it does networking almost, I feel like, for a living, um, you really have to step outside that zone. Be generous eh, as well, you know, be generous yeah. when you see people and you can tell they're, they're really struggling to get into a conversation. Invite them in. Yeah. We all know how difficult it is. So, so give give generosity as well as being generous with your time, oh. I think. Helen, that is that is a pearl of wisdom indeed. Um, so let's talk about day jobs um, because obviously, yes, you're our sponsors, but you have day jobs and you, you've both really done some great things in your careers. Helen, I'll start with you. Do you want to tell people a little bit about your role now, what you've been doing? Well, I'm, I'm, I've got the grandiose title of Managing Director of New Zealand for HSC Global, which when there's five of us, I think, in New Zealand, feels maybe a slightly grander title than I perhaps am due. Uh, I do the same as the rest of my team. I just have some people management responsibilities. Yeah. So health and safety consultancy, mainly yeah. for me now at the governance sector and system level, but mm -hmm. um, all kinds of things, including working with colleagues overseas as well in, in Aussie and in the mm -hmm. States. I love it. It's variety. Every single day is different. Yeah, that's really cool. And what about for yourself, Kristen? Yeah, so I'm a senior consultant for the Australian consulting team. So I'm... Like Helen said, they've got smaller teams, but I sit in that division. My day is very similar to Helen's. It can be something new each and every day. So we do a lot of, um, you know, going into businesses and doing some health and safety reviews and coming up with strategic plans and strategies to um, help those people move forward in their safety culture and their performance. Also do a lot of work around critical risk management, contractor management. So every day can be... <laughs> can be really varied. There's some systems work thrown in there as well. So like Helen said, I think we're really fortunate in our position in that we are invited into different people's worlds and mm. get to understand those worlds um, and then see how from our experiences um, through our own careers can, you know, help them in their own journeys. So it's, yeah, a really rewarding job and 
surrounded with some really good operators and professionals in our own team, which is great to leverage a network with as well, like Helen said. Yeah, and I think, you know, with a global brand as well, I think that's what I love, even within the women in safety community growing quite quickly overseas, is hearing, excuse me, having recently returned from Malaysia and talking to them about... um, you know, some of the struggles that they go through, what the legislation looks like and, and you know, the impact of the regulator and where that fits in, you know, it was just so different. And then similarly, I had the opportunity to have a really great chat with um, some of the team there from Japan. And again, and you just go, it's just so different yet so the same, you know, we're, we're really trying to achieve the same thing. So I love that you can kind of pull on those international networks because I am a really big believer that you're not the only ones that have done this or you ha- you're not the first to have had this challenge thrown at you. So let's collaborate and, and come up. But speaking of challenges, there's a lot of women in the women in safety community who really you know, and I think there's a lot of them at the moment that are prepared to walk away. There's been so much change. There's a lot of, you know, we were so important during COVID. I feel like there's a little bit of a, oh, well, you know, COVID's managed. Well done. We can kind of park that for a little while. Can you talk either in current roles or previous roles around a significant challenge that you've, uh, that you've encountered rather and how you've overcome it. What are those key skills that you've used to overcome it? Kristen, if you want to start. Yeah, sure. So I think you're, I went through a similar experience to you. COVID was astronomically exhausting for a lot of safety professionals. I was working in a um, in the ports and logistics sector at that time. So we needed to keep moving and we were working extremely long hours and mm. it, was, it was exhausting and you... It, it, that come with its own challenges. But I think outside of that, I think a lot of the ongoing challenges with health and safety is just embedding and operationalising safety in general. Um, and I think for me, what I've kind of learnt is it's really about the relationships that you have within the business and your operational understanding of how that business works so you can come up with with some practical solutions that will work. So for me, that was... You know, I sat in a national role for a long time, which you can become disconnected, I think, to operations. So it was about, you know, getting out in in the field, having conversations, having those interactions and seeking to understand. So what's working, what's not working, um, looking at the experience that you can leverage with mm. your own business. And for me, that helped me create those relationships. So I could, you know, I knew who to go to when I, you know, had certain issues pop up or who to leverage. Yeah, who's um, going to be your advocates, right? Yeah, Exactly. And you started to form this network or this that you could, you know, go with a, a front forward. So it wasn't always just you in isolation got coming up with the safety ideas. It, it came from our operational, our maintenance people. They were the ones bringing those ideas forward and you'd play to everyone's strengths, right? So within our own health and safety team, we all have particular strengths. So we, we leverage those strengths where, where you can as well. So I think it really just, you know, using your network like we talked about before. So again, Mm. why collaboration internally and externally is extremely important. Um, And then those relationships. And I think the other thing, keeping, sometimes we get really caught up in those tactical transactional things that we all have to do as safety professionals, but sometimes just sitting back and reflecting and looking at what those strategic initiatives or insights Mm. are so that we we can keep moving forward. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And what about yourself, 
um, Helen, keeping in mind the question was a significant challenge you've encountered and how you've overcome it. I've had lots of challenges. <laughs> One of the early ones in my career that stands out for me because it was um, it was scary. I was an environmental health officer, but I was doing health and safety and I was fresh faced as a regulator. And I went to a vehicle resprayers, middle of nowhere. And I turn up and nothing unusual I was expecting. And this guy came out very, very angry, very angry and waving a, um, a, a shotgun at me. Well, I don't know if it was a shotgun, but it was definitely it was, a firearm. It was a, bag. Of some description. It, 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 it was yeah, a thing good. that goes bang that isn't going to end well. Great. And I thought, yeah. oh, poo, this is not what I was expecting. <laughs> this is not This is not what I need to be to be faced with today. And so, uh, you know, your training kicks in. He got loads of bikes everywhere. I made a connection with him, de-escalated it. And it, it turned out he was being prosecuted by a different part of the organisation to the one I worked in for clocking cars. Nothing to do with me. I didn't know about it, but I was just part of the same organisation. Yeah, so you I, had the I same brand. It, yeah. I got it literally both barrels. But I think the well, that was a challenge kind of quite bespoke and discreet to overcome. I think for me, um, I often come across people waving metaphorical firearms at me mm. and it might not be a shotgun. It might be something else. But that connection to people, to understanding that, oh, okay, they're waving a shotgun at me. I need to think about how to make a connection with this person to mm -hmm. understand what is their what is their issue at the moment? What is their fear? What is their concern? And how can I connect with them to de-escalate that and to move forward? And I think that's a really big skill that we need in the health and safety space. And you get that sometimes by failure mm. and it all going wrong and you get it by practice. And I don't think we get taught that. I think it's something that you pick up from other people when you shadow them or go out with each other. And I think those sharing of experiences is a way to get that skill and, mm. and uh, yeah, doing more sort of practical side by side with people that you know in other sectors. And I'm I'm going to go out on a limb um, and I'm sure that um, I've got a dear friend on LinkedIn who would no doubt come at me for this, this, this comment. But I feel like when that shotgun's being waved, you know, this is the Women in Safety podcast. Dare I say, I think women are, are going to handle that situation a hell of a lot better because from a biological perspective we want to create that connection we whereas I feel like men's thing will be to go into fight and they will that testosterone like that's biological right so I think when we think about how we empower women in safety in particular is recognizing that we don't and what I'm trying to really get a lot of our members to understand is that we can step away from that masculinity and that real compliance driven our superpower lies in that ability to bring that connection, bring that, you know, I want to talk to you. I, I really want to know what's going on for you because that's who we are biologically. So I think it's really cool that you've called that out because, um, yeah, it's something that I'm super passionate about highlighting, I guess. And it's important to have that um, self-control and emotional regulation as well. Yeah. And I think and that saying, comes with experience. Yeah, and not saying <laughs> that men wouldn't be able to, but I think, you know, biologically we're so much better served to bring those traits into that situation. Um, yeah, crazy though. I think taking emotion out of it is really key. Like yeah. often you can have that immediate emotional response to certain things and you've got to really control that demon, whether it be face-to-face -face or in an email. I'd often write emails and go, oh, God, don't send that, <laughs> sleep on it. 
let's go refresh in the morning. And I think you've got to be prepared to let things go as well to that. Like people are going to say stuff in the heat of the moment that they don't really mean. You've just got to be okay to let that go. So, Oh, and I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Like the amount of meetings I've bloody cried in um, and I wish I could change it. But I think now I've learned I'm not going to change it. Like I know how to maybe prepare myself better. I know how to respond a little bit better. But if I cry, who gives a shit? If that's exactly. the worst thing that happens today, like they at yeah. least see I'm passionate about it. Like, you know, I get so disheartened that we have to change ourselves and fit into a mould or you're too emotional or you're too, yeah. you know, in your face, you're too this, you're too that. And it's like, no. I'm really bloody passionate and that's what you're seeing right now. (laughs) Be authentic. Be your authentic self. Don't do never change your style. We've got so much to offer as women. Um, And like you said, so many fantastic traits that we don't need to conform to a male's style or way of operating. Yeah. Which can sometimes be really challenging in a male dominated industry. But I think that's where you've got to lead from the front and show that there is a different way to do it. And you will get results on things that males won't be able to do just because of your style or a different approach is okay yeah a hundred percent so on the flip side of that what about a success story or a project that had a significant impact and the lessons that you've learned from that um either of you can start on that if you like I'll go first this time shall I (laughs) (laughs) about five years ago maybe a bit more I'm getting old so time seems to be going at warp speed I started on a project to design um it's an assessment program called safe plus it's a government program over here in New Zealand so it was with Ministry of Business Innovation and Employment our regulator work safe New Zealand and our insurance company ACC it was a it was a long project five to seven years that it took to actually develop it um really collaborative really tripartite approach as Mm. well brought to it and we had people from all over the world that were part of it so a lady who got an OBE in health and safety from the UK came over we looked at British Columbia for some projects that they'd been doing looked at ISO we really brought this together to bring a different approach to health and safety and I learned from that that actually like you were saying at the beginning Alana thinking about people from overseas and different perspectives that we can bring from different jurisdictions it just adds another layer of awesomeness to some of the products and services that we can develop and so rather than being a tick and flick audit this is more using people's capability to look under the hood of an organization and say hey this is what you're doing actually okay let's celebrate that and this I've is where you might want to focus on, next i've just very good she's done a great work in that yeah, yeah. i, I might um i'm going to remind myself to pop it in the show notes because i think even for those um, even though it's a New Zealand thing, again, if this is something that would work for someone in Australia to boost their skills or look at something a different way, I'll pop that in the show notes. Yeah. And I, I love I like uh, the safety exchange that um, David Proven and the team mm-hmm. have just put out really is looking to achieve some of that, Helen, around that you know, we, we all are working in, you know, unless you're at like cutting edge technology, AI, stuff that we haven't seen before, generally speaking, you can say that that risk has been found in an organisation. So why reinvent the wheel when we can utilise this, you know, global network and let's piece together what this looks like. But there's also that you have to be, and going back to the networking, open to sharing and open to listening. 
So yeah, that's really cool. I'll leave that in the show notes because that looks looks super fun. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And what about yourself, Kristen? Yeah, so I'll maybe go a bit more internal. So yeah. um, for me, I think sometimes as safety professionals, we can kind of get lost in all the things that we need to do. So one of Every the key day. projects <laughs> that I was um, a part of rolling out was around critical risk management and critical control management. So really getting back to those fundamental basics of what my role was as a safety professional. And that was, you know, making sure that everyone got home safe every day. So it was, I think, a shift in my mind to go, okay, stop. Why Why am I here? What am I doing? And how am I going to actually achieve that outcome? So um, I think the key takeaways from that process was that refocus and realignment of where we were heading in terms of a safety team and what our role was in that. Um, and then again, to bring it back to that networking and connection, it was about leveraging the experience in the room. So we don't always need to go outside of our own industry to understand other industries. There are so many people that move and shift jobs and have a lot of experience and expertise. So, you know, I had people from mining, had people from manufacturing, all of these kind of learned experiences within the organisation that we could leverage to make tools that were um, could be operationalised within the business. So um, that's probably a key, key takeaway from that one and then how it kind of sets them into dependencies for everything else that I did so once we understood what the critical risks and controls were that started to feed into you know our training and competency our assurance our systems our reporting so how that fundamental um, focus on critical risk and critical controls really shifted the the whole dynamic I guess in the organization so yeah right and the you mentioned um that around your role and, and pausing, what I really, you know, resonate within that is I think sometimes we forget to ask around our value add and are we adding value and, and knowing that we're allowed to step out of things or, or step into things if we know that we're not adding value anymore. Um, you know, as a professional, no matter where you're at in your journey, I, th- I think recognising what why am I here? Why have I been asked to be in the room? am I still adding that same level of value? Um, I think is, is really powerful for any professional to kind of have that pause and reflect, as you said. Yeah, yeah. A, diff- a really simple way of doing that is what you're going to keep doing, what are you going to stop doing and what are you going to start doing? Just yeah. think of it that simply. We do it every year as a safety team is just realign just to see where the value add was being or not being and then shifting focus we've all got limited resources and time mm. so it was really important that you kind of get that focus yeah I try and I dare I say I try and do it on a monthly basis because I can get oh, very awesome. wrapped up in the busyness that Definitely. the start stop continue just you know personally professionally there's for me there's not a huge separation um you know I work from home the kids are not home now but yeah it, it can be really it takes two seconds to kind of journal that out for me now. I'm like, okay, where have I become busy that I can just park that and I don't need to continue doing that? Um, cooking dinner for the kids that throw it across the room. Can stop doing that, it turns out. <laughs> just serve them cereal and toast. It's oh, okay. <laughs> I, I put them into um, 
they climbed out, they've learned to climb out of their cots. So we got big beds on the weekend and it is chaos. So <laughs> what can I stop doing? Pretending that I'm going to make their bed every day because they're going to rip it to shreds. So, um, so one of the last questions is around work-life balance. So we're all busy women, whether you have young kids, older kids, um, parental responsibilities with your own parents or family, friends, whatever that looks like for you. How do you manage work-life balance and what would you say, offering advice, say, to other professionals, um, particularly in similar roles, what would your um, advice be to them, whether you're good at it or bad at it? Got ready to go, Helen? I'll go, start. Go, Kristen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a really challenging one for me. I also, when I'm not on a client's side, I am working from home. Um, I have two children. I worked in a 24-7 operation for a really long time. So I was in, on call and that's, you know, that's what I all I knew. Um, so for me, it is really about setting boundaries and being really disciplined in that. So especially with working from home, your computer, your phone, everything's so accessible. So some tips for me is I kind of try and set a work day for me. So um, obviously there needs to be some flexibility in that, but setting a work day, clocking off at the end, and I'm really passionate, like my escapism is exercise. So I'm, you know, I'm at the gym or I'm going for a walk. And for me, that just really helps me clear my mind mm. At the end of the day, work's finished. That's my reset. It used to be walking home from the train station or yeah. um, that was, okay, you sort it all out in your head. The train journey home was just decompressing everything. And I guess walking into your household without that. Um, the day. That day in your head and mm. questioning why you did things or things that played out and just walking in and being present, I guess, with your family and all the other things that you talked about that just need to happen in everyday yeah. life so yeah I've still me, got to get was, better Kristen I don't oh, do anything so do I and I think that comes back to that reflection right yeah. some days I'm here at my desk at six seven o'clock at nine I go what are you what are you doing stop mm. and I think you I think in our professions as well it's really important that we lead by example in this like yes yeah health is in our title as well and yep. you know burnout and all those things associated and psychosocial risk this is where we need to kind of probably step up and be the leaders in this space space as well so yeah my probably two main things is set boundaries and try and be as disciplined as you can mm, in that yeah look I try still still fail, <laughs> but agree around the lead by example yeah because I, I I still struggle with it but I still try and put things in my diary like I've got a reminder that says go and have some lunch and I try and yeah, get perfect. out and just sit in the sun like you know how do you find that kind of pause during the day so I like the boundaries too they're so if this is my year I'm convinced of setting boundaries <laughs> I am no is a full sentence for me now it's not That's no awesome. but or no and it's no so yeah. yeah I love the boundaries piece what about for yourself Helen um so I, I find with work-life balance it's the investment the emotional and personal investment that's the area that I will wobble in the most so not not hours I'm pretty good with managing the hours and stuff but that being able to switch your mind off mm. and not be as emotionally and personally invested in something that goes through and impacts my ability to be fully present with my family so given some of the stuff I've done in the past and I worked with an emergency service through COVID which was which was 
really great and really awful same as you Kristen it was 24 7 on call and I was too invested in in trying to make a difference there and so it didn't end up particularly well and I burnt out Mm. so now I have really clear structure so boundaries and structures I have a leadership coach that helps me with the leadership I have a psychologist that I see once a quarter just the same as you go and see someone for Mm. a mammogram once a year yeah I go and see a psychologist to help with some of the trauma and the things that we see throughout of our role and and Mm. to talk to people as well um, but the most important thing that I do is I work somewhere where my voice is valued and my voice is heard. You can't underestimate that. I've got goosebumps. It's really important. <laughs> ah. I think the moment that you find that you're working in a place where that isn't the case, then where you can, I know not everybody is fortunate yes. enough to be able to, but where yeah. you can, leave. Because yeah. you're, worth, you're worth more than that. Uh, Helen, I bloody feel emotional about it because <laughs> I... I, th- I resigned when I had the twins because literally the day I had the twins at 27 weeks gestation, they were stripped off me. I didn't touch them. They were intubated. Like, I don't even know if they're going to make it through the night. And my boss texted me and said, so when are you coming back to work? I need to put in your dates. And I'm like, I don't oh, even know if my babies are going to live. And it was this, and and this was just like the buildup of, of a constant. And I was like, how can I sit at, you know, the forefront of women in safety. And again, you think about practicing what you preach and put up with absolute shit behavior. It's like you have to live, and this is what I coach a lot of women in the women in safety space, you have to know what your values are. Because if you don't know what your own personal values are, what do you walk away from? 100%. And I think in women, particularly in health and safety, they value that voice being heard and making a difference when it comes to someone getting home to do what they love. So that literally, like, I feel like that's mic drop. We could, we could shut it down. Um, yeah, I, I just think it is, it is so bloody powerful and agree. It's hard. Some people are not in that position, but I think you have to, if it's truly taking away from your values, the sooner you can get out and feel valued for what you do is better. So congratulations on finding that Helen and to HSE Global Mm. for giving you that space um so last question then what advice would you give to someone looking to make their mark in health and safety we're really targeting the next generation I want women to not walk some of the hard paths that all three of us have had to walk in health and safety so what's that piece of advice for that next generation Helen Oh, so I think probably following on from the last question mm. that you asked is about be be true to yourself, understand what's important and why you want to work in this profession, this discipline, um, as as kind of hazy and murky a discipline as it is, um, and then make decisions in line with that and be really strict and true with yourself about doing that and reach out to other people you know in the di- discipline but also in other disciplines. I mean, some of the really best conferences I've been to have been nothing to do with health and safety and I've got some really good tips tricks and friends so have your champions make Mm. sure you understand why you're doing what you're doing and make decisions in line with that I think is probably a good start place yeah amazing Kristen very similar so I reckon it's all about surrounding yourself with some really good um good people that you know support you they coach you they've got your back but they also challenge and offer different perspectives Mm. on things so like you said earlier, Lana, you're not in this alone. We've all had our own experiences. There's so many learnings um, that are to be had. So that connection back to a network or some, you know, really strong advocates, internal or external, 
I think um, there's no if you can do that, you, you you're going to be fine. Mm. Um, I think you also just need to be it's okay to feel uncomfortable and to challenge yourself as well. I think I've learnt the most in some of the most uncomfortable. <laughs> Um, settings or immature organizations and whether that be the good the bad the ugly or the or what's great so you can learn as much of what's not good or what not to do in some of those organizations Ah. also I guess there's real opportunity to make a difference in those organizations as Mm. well so don't shy away from you know some of their more challenging opportunities or experiences as well I think there's a, there's a lot to learn in in those environments as well mm, I think that it's so true in that whether it's a positive or a negative experience to be able to look at it from that lens of well what's the learning here and be like yeah. you know whether it's you don't want to be like that leader or you would do it this way really jotting down that moment to be like okay what did I learn out of this like that's that was a really hard day you might want to crawl into a ball and cry have your wallow moment give yourself a minute but then sit back up and go what's the lesson here because I think it is there is so much power to that yeah I agree all right well ladies your time has been absolutely invaluable Helen I know we won't see you at the 2023 event but Let's hope for 2024. Kristen, we will see you there in person, which I'm super excited about. I know the HSE Global team is very much coming out in force to support us. So um, we will see you for all your networking in style. Yeah, yeah. Keep, come say hello. Yeah, I'll be please. that nice person that it's okay and safe. Yeah, to come yeah, talk you'll to. hug it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might find me there, Kristen. <laughs> I'll be the first to be like, hi, please don't make this awkward. Yeah. Good. Um, Well, no, ladies, thank you so much. And again, thank you to HSC Global for being such amazing supporters of this event. I'm really excited and I'm sure we will have more conversations to come. Joy. Good luck. Wow. What an episode. If you love today's episode just as much as I did, we'd love to hear your feedback or even better, share it with your friends, your colleagues and other safety sisters or safety misters so they too feel empowered and inspired. We will catch you for another conversation next time and we hope in the meantime you start implementing some things to transform your career.